You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Ahmed Munawar, and I've got a great conversation for you today with Jake Jorgovin. There is so much in this interview that I had quite a bit of trouble coming up with a title. Jake's story is really interesting because for a guy that's relatively young, he's actually run quite a few different businesses. He's tried different business models. He's worked in different industries. And over time, he's discovered what works and what doesn't work for him. And that's what I think is most fascinating about this interview is that from business to business, Jake has been kind of searching for the right model. And with every experience, he's learned something about business, but also about himself that he took with him to the next experience. So I'll leave it at that and let you listen in on the conversation. One thing I want to note, though, is at the end of the interview, Jake alludes to a productized service that he's working on. And at the time of the release of this episode, that service has now launched. It's called Lead Cookie, and it is a done-for-you LinkedIn lead generation service. I've taken a look at this service. It looks really amazing, and it's got some great reviews from Jake's clients. You can check it out as well at leadcookie.com. Show notes to this episode are at forecast.fm slash Jake. That's forecast.fm slash Jake. Finally, if you're new to the show and you haven't yet subscribed, head over to forecast.fm, where you can subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or good old-fashioned email. With that, here's Jake. Jake, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on here. I don't have like a really good question to start with like yours. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm ready with whatever. So, But you know what? Let's let's go with this. Are you wearing a shirt, Jake? I am wearing a shirt. Just a plain black t-shirt. Okay. Excellent. Folks who are listening, when you listen to Jake's <laughs> podcast, uh, you'll, you'll get the joke and we'll mention what the link is at the end of the show. Jake, why don't you start us off by uh, giving us a, a little bit of a, an overview of your business today? Yeah, so my name is Jake Jorgovan, and I help agencies and consulting companies win their dream clients. Um, and so I basically I've been kind of putting out content and writing for quite a long period of time at jakejorgovan.com. And then uh, a couple of years ago, I actually started up this other kind of side of the firm called Outbound Creative, which is where I kind of started focusing down on helping these agencies and consultants specifically build up kind of some sort of outreach um, platform to help them win more clients. And so my business today, it's gone through many iterations and kind of evolved over the years. But today, most of what I'm actually doing is kind of advising and consulting my clients on um, how to build their sales teams, how to build their processes, and how to actually optimize the sales processes that they either have or they don't have. Um, so it's kind of helping them optimize their sales processes and then build new processes to generate more clients. Um, and I mix that with a little bit of some done-for-you lead generation services as well. So it's kind of a custom consultancy, um, but it's all focused around basically just you know helping my clients figure out what is the best way for them to, to get new customers. So let's go back to the beginning and tell me how how did Jake Jorgovin get started in the business? Yeah, so um, basically I um, used to own a video production agency and I was partnered with this other guy that was 50-50. And this was kind of my first uh, endeavor into entrepreneurship and business for myself. Um, and we actually did really, really well. Um, we basically, he was this incredible creative and technical genius. Um, and my whole side was the sales and marketing. 
Um, and so basically over the course of the time of us working together, uh, he kept making these amazing portfolio pieces every project I sold, and I just kept selling bigger and bigger projects. Uh, and eventually I got us to clients like Fidelity Investments, Hyundai, and Walmart, and um, Telemundo, and all these really big customers that we ended up signing on. Um, and, you know, it just kind of grew over time. And at some point, though, along the way, I realized, like, my partner and I, we didn't have the same goals or desires for where we wanted to go in life. So I ended up selling the agency to him, kind of splitting off and going off on my own. Um, and then after, uh, I don't know, I'd say about a year and a half period of figuring out what the hell I was going to do next with my life, I uh, came to realize that the whole sales, the business development side of this was what I was really, really good at. And so that's when I started basically consulting and helping other agencies uh, and consultants, you know, win their dream clients and kind of, you know, working with other companies to help ramp that up. So uh, that's, I guess, how we, yeah, we got started. So take me back there to you've got this this profitable agency doing good work, working with big clients. You've got a partner uh, and you got to a point where you realized that your goals weren't aligned. What was that like? Tell me that story. Yeah, it was a it was a a big learning process. Um, again, I think first time in business, um, especially. Um, you know, we we started this when we were really young. It was crazy. We were nineteen when we started this company, still in school, and landing all these really huge accounts, like I mentioned. And so, um, at the time, I'll admit I wasn't the most mature, and either in a lot of ways, uh, you know, we both just you know we didn't know what we wanted out of life. And over the course of four years, from the time you're nineteen to I guess about 23 or 24, whenever I ended up um, selling to him, it, uh, you know, what we ultimately wanted out of life was very different. And I wanted to get out of the city and all that stuff. So it was kind of this almost like identity crisis thing at the time when you're young and you're still figuring yourself out and where you want to go. So um, it was quite a process to go through and a lot of change um, and not the easiest thing. You know, you, especially in your first business, you wrap up so much of your identity into it. Um, but afterwards, you know, it. when I look back, it was the best thing that ever could have happened. Um, but at the time, it was kind of a little crazy, a little chaotic, felt like the world's falling apart kind of thing. So uh, <laughs> definitely uh, learned a lot in retrospect from that. That's an interesting comment. In your first business, you wrap up so much of your, of your identity in it. What do you mean by that? Uh, I think that, you know, what a lot of people... Um, get started in their own business or, you know, it may, it may just be certain personality types, but, you know, for me, I just, it was like how I identified or how I even valued, saw my own self-worth. Um, and I, th and, you know, I think some entrepreneurs, like there's certain types where you get kind of really obsessive with it when you're working all the time on your business or you almost just look at it as like, oh, you're a creative outlet or something. It's like, you know, business is a creative thing. And so you, you build this whole thing up, you land all these projects, you have this portfolio and you're like, yeah, I, we created that. That's so cool. And then to walk away from that and suddenly you're like fresh again, starting over. Uh, it's quite a, um, I don't know. It's, it's just, there's just so much, uh, that you tie to it that whenever you start fresh again, it's, it's really kind of like, who am I kind of thing. That must be an issue that you find with many of your clients who are in, in the creative businesses. And I, and I find in that space, especially it's uh, the, the work is an expression of the individual and, and it's hard to kind of draw lines between here's who I am and here's the business, isn't it? Uh, I'd say, I, I think a lot of people struggle with that, but uh, 
as soon as you can separate that, I, I think it is a very beneficial thing. Uh, <laughs> the I think some of the biggest clients I see struggling to just get to the next level or they're just constantly um, like battling and trying to figure out how to move forward. It's like the, the steps are clear. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult to move your business forward or to get more revenue or to hit whatever that next tier that you want to get to is. But where so many people struggle with is when they're constantly, you know, like, is this the right path? You know, or like, oh, is this like the creative, like they're like the creative side gets into it, which I guess is part of it. But I think at some point you do have to, you know, you have to be aware of it, but you can't just like let it be a constant thing, um, like nudging you back and forth or constantly changing your direction or changing your mind all the time. Uh, I think, you know, you have to create a level of self-awareness, figure out what it is you want and then stay focused on that. I think a lot of people get addicted to that, like creative, just constantly pulled in whatever direction. But becoming self-aware, knowing what you want and staying focused on that is, uh, I think, a much better path toward growth. Well, I feel like you're talking about me. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I, I think you and me are probably in very similar boats in that regard. You know, we're, we're primarily solo businesses. We, we both have staff on the back end that help us kind of turn the wheels. But, you know, I make my own decisions, as do you. What is your method for for kind of getting over that? You know, you're somebody that has varied interests, right? You get you're good at a lot of different things. How do you bring that focus into your own business? Yeah, so for me, it, it has been definitely a uh, building a practice of uh, a few things. So I do morning pages every day, um, or well, I, don't, I do them less often now because I've actually implemented meditation as a daily practice. So that's been one aspect to help create self-awareness. But even before meditation, I started to do morning pages, which is this practice from Julia Cameron's Artist Way, where basically every day you just write down about a thousand words. You just sit down. She does a freehand, but I would just type a thousand words and just kind of flush through whatever the thoughts or ideas or anything that I was kind of struggling or debating with. Um, I do that less these days, but still, um, whenever I'm going to have like some sort of strategic change or some um, you know, new direction, I, I do try to flush it out. I just start writing freehand, just letting flow whatever is on my mind. Uh, and that's a really good way for me to kind of walk through and just really figure out what's the right fit. And then meditation helps me more or less stay focused on that. I use guess morning pages to flush it out. And then meditation is the, the practice that keeps me from letting my mind just run off on whatever random thing it decides to get distracted by. Um, but you know, I've, I've made even big strategic changes um, over time and uh, or even recently where, you know, a few months ago what I thought, you know, half a year ago what I thought I wanted, I started building in that direction. And then you kind of become aware that maybe this wasn't the right direction. So you kind of flush it out. You kind of, you know, look internally. You figure out what your real motivations are, what you want. Uh, and then you set that new direction again and you adjust. But, you know, that's happening every six months nowadays as opposed to every couple of weeks. So it's a little different. <laughs> Do you have a coach or an accountability partner or a mastermind or something like that? Um, so it's actually something that I recently just, uh, did. I actually brought on a, I guess a coach or an advisor who's helping me for the, for instance, the big change that I'm actually moving toward is wanting to, instead of becoming, you know, a, uh, a thought leader that writes tons of books and creates products and courses, I decided I wanted to build a productized service instead and scale by building a company that could run without me as opposed to, you know, selling, um, kind of info products or just courses or anything. So that was like a big strategic shift for me. And so with doing that, I actually did bring on a, an advisor um, who's helping me kind of 
go through that and kind of mentor throughout that, um, which is kind of actually been another big shift for me. I realized whenever I had my first agency and we got to all those really big clients really quickly, I had all these mentors, all these advisors helping me because I was young. I was right out of college. So everyone's willing to help the young kid get going. Uh, but I realized as you get older, people are less willing to help you for free. So uh, <laughs> that's where I was like, okay, it's time to get a coach. It's time to get an advisor. It's it's worth it because I know that that is finally going to get me to that next tier, next stage of my business. So I want to come back to this idea of the productized service. But before we do that, tell me, what was your next step after you left the business with your partner? You went off on your own. What did you do next? Yeah, so that's where uh, in retrospect, um, I mean, I learned a ton of stuff, but I probably didn't take the best uh, next steps after that. So right afterward, um, I got approached by this guy who was a angel investor and had this idea to do this healthcare startup with this video technology. And because I'd worked in video, it was just like, yeah. So I did this healthcare startup and that totally crashed and burned. And ultimately, well, it, it, it didn't totally fail, but I ended up walking away from it because I was just like, what am I doing? Why am I in a healthcare startup? Uh, <laughs> I know nothing about this. How did my life end me up here? And that was due to, again, due to a lack of self-awareness. I feel like the investor back startup is a rite of passage. We've all got to do that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you realize, what the hell was I thinking? Um, <laughs> so I did that. Totally awful. Um, I left that. And then I basically, again, was trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do. So um, I literally got into web design, digital marketing, just because I was hooked on the four-hour work week, wanted to travel, work remotely. Taught myself web design, digital marketing skills, and just started selling some websites to whoever would pay me for it and literally just got going. It was the coming out of the angel invest backed thing. I was not in a good financial spot, but I wanted to go travel. So basically just started doing web design, digital marketing. And uh, at that point, moved to Mexico, then literally traveled to like 13 countries that year while doing that. Um, and somewhere along the lines, I realized, oh, wow, like I'm way better at the sales than I am at the actual delivery of the service, which I should have realized from how my first business worked so well. Um, and that's um, about a year or so after doing the web design digital marketing. That's when I shifted and started doing uh, the consulting and advising for other agency owners and helping them build up their sales. And that's that's what we now know as outbound creative. Yep, that is correct. So there was that little intermarry period of about a, a year and a half or so where I was figuring things out while gallivanting around the world. But, you know, it would, learned a lot and had fun along the way. So, And, and who are the clients you typically work with with Outbound Creative? Uh, most of them, I would say, are software development agencies um, or consulting firms are the two kind of main uh, target markets that I I typically end up working with, I do a lot of advising for digital marketing companies or design studios, but they tend to hire me for just smaller projects and not for the ongoing work. Um, but I've got a few um, software development companies where I'll actually do their ongoing sales advising, helping train their sales teams, get their processes built, all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, digital marketing, um, software development, and then consulting firms are really my three three sweet spots in terms of clients. And, and what does a typical engagement look like with one of those clients? Yeah, so uh, similar to you, I've kind of got those, I guess, productized entry packages where we build a strategy together. Um, and so I take these people through a process called a sales teardown and a strategy blueprint where basically just go through all the different aspects of their business, of their buyer persona, their sales process, 
uh, their web marketing materials, their um, entire, all the tactics, all, what, all the plans that they have for growth. And basically, I just tear everything down, give them my feedback and my, all my optimizations and tweaks for everything about their sales and marketing. And then after that, I basically give them all my ideas and thoughts and tactics for how they could grow their business and get more clients. Um, so I try to really take a holistic view of their business and not just, you know, be the SEO agency that says, you know, we're going to do an analysis and then here's how to do more SEO. I try to take a look at everything and say, hey, here's all the tactics out there. You know, you could grow by running meetup events. You could grow by doing outbound emailing. You could grow by content or whatever that is. And I try to recommend whatever tactics are going to be the right fit for them. So it amazes me that more people don't do this. <laughs> the, the like the more holistic look at business because it's such an obvious. I mean, it's it's not terribly different from what I do, maybe in a different way for a different niche, but it it's what everybody needs, right? Nobody nobody wants SEO. Right? <laughs> no, <laughs> nobody wants pay per click. They want clients, and they they need somebody to tell them the best way to find clients, regardless of what tactic or platform is required. Yeah, and that's the thing, and that's you know and. Even if you've got, say, like two consulting companies that are very, very similar, you could have a very different tactic that could work for each of them. You might have the one guy who loves speaking and is happy to go out on stage. So you could book him speaking gigs and that could be his entire pipeline for getting new customers. You might have the other guy who absolutely hates speaking and he's like, man, I just I just want to be on the phone with somebody. Just get me a meeting and like that might just be, OK, let's do straight outbound sales. Or you might have the other person who's really like the pioneer in their industry and forward thinking and content could be the right fit. So it's like taking what the strengths of that business are and pairing those with the proper tactics. But yeah, it's just, you know, looking at it holistically and not trying to just prescribe the one specific thing, but instead what's the holistic, you know, angle on their business. And I feel like, uh, you know, our challenge is it's also an opportunity, but it's a challenge as well, is that you get so many people out there who are promoting a tactic or a platform or a tool and they're positioning that tactic as the be all and end all right this thing mm-hmm. is is the future everything else is quote unquote dead yeah and people <laughs> buy into this stuff um and, and it creates and it's a challenge for us because we've got to fight against those those perceptions but we it's also an opportunity because we can step in and say hey you know what <laughs> Don't drink the Kool-Aid because that tactic is not for everybody. You've got to find the right tactics for you. And, and I love the way that you approach that. It literally like you're I, I have preached this so much and I'm loving that you're saying this right now because it's like even in one of my um, the first email someone gets when they join my list, it just says like, you know, what really grinds my gears <laughs> and all those people who are just like Facebook ads are the solution to your problem. If you buy my course for two thousand dollars, like, you know, so <laughs> I'm totally with you that it's like uh, you've got to fight against that and get people to think bigger picture about their business and like brainstorm. What are all the tactics we could use and then narrow down and like figure out what this specific actual approach is that's right for them? But but that's a challenge, though, right? I think I think you feel my pain here. It's much easier to go into a conversation and say, oh, I do LinkedIn. I'll help you find on clients on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is is amazing. Um, here's why you should be on LinkedIn. That's a much easier pitch than to go in and say, well, I'll help you find the right tactics for your business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's easier because I think, you know, a lot of people, they're busy and they do want the solution. And and I think like the the thing is what I wish more marketers would do is either – 
is they kind of almost like put their money where their mouth is with a tactic and either offer a guarantee or do it on a performance basis or something like that. Um, because there's just so many people where they're, you know, they just go and they'll sell some tactic or anything like that to you. And they're just making money selling something that may or may not ever work for you. So it's, I don't know, it's, yeah, we got to, it's, it's a harder sell, but it's, I think ultimately the, you know, the, the, what a lot of people actually need. So tell me a little bit about your process for finding new clients. And specifically, I want to hear more about how you've applied your strengths um, into, into selecting the right marketing tactics. Yeah. So um, for me, I am constantly testing a lot of different things. Um, I have this kind of system that I use where I'm at any given point, I have one project going on and then I have two kind of ongoing tactics that I'm working and so for me, what I eventually realized was that my podcast was one of the best lead generation tactics for me. Um, and not always through the audience, but a lot of times through the relationships that would come from it, which would lead to strategic partners or opportunities to appear on other people's podcasts like we're doing right now. Um, so for me, over time, I realized that after testing a bunch of different things that um, my podcast was one of those best tactics for me. So that's one that I'm like always putting time into. I'm always investing into because um, it's not going to – it's not like a direct one, two, three step process. But I know if I'm consistently networking, consistently doing podcast interviews with people, like that in some way is going to lead to opportunities or new clients for my business. Um, but I've tested tons of different, different things. You know, I've done cold email. Um, I've done physical packages to people in the mail. Um, where I've done these ridiculous, crazy, eye-catching, um, you know, hollowed-out vintage books and sent, you know, uh, crazy things to people in the mail as a way to get their attention. Um, you know, I've done lots of blogging, guest blogging and content. I've done so many different aspects and things, you know, even the LinkedIn prospecting. There's just so many different tactics, and I'm always kind of testing, um, seeing what works well, and then trying to kind of refine or narrow down to the top tactics that just produce for me, then I just keep doubling down and focusing on those. So it sounds like the podcast is, that's kind of your 80%, if you will. Yeah. Podcast is definitely one of the the top ones right now. Uh, LinkedIn prospecting is becoming another um, very um, lucrative one for me as well. And um, I would say that those are some of the biggest, you know, other things, you know, have been like projects of just getting my website redesigned or getting like an actual drip sequence or autoresponders going, um, all that kind of stuff. I've been like other projects, but I would say um, podcasting and LinkedIn have been the two that have risen to the top for me as the best ones that have been been an ideal fit. And I guess blogging would be in there as well. So, so tell, let's let's talk a little bit more about the podcast. So I know you've got a weekly podcast. You're interviewing guests. You know I'm going to be on your show pretty soon. Um, how how exactly does that lead to new business? Walk me through the the steps there. Typically. Yeah, so um, I would say I've even, I think, have three or four customers who have been past guests on my podcast. Uh, so like literally direct people I've interviewed have hired me. Um, I've had a lot of people that I appear, I interviewed them, and then they inter- asked me to be on their podcast or a webinar or a guest blog. And then through appearing there, I get inbound leads for my own business. And then I would say the other way is some of those people that I've done interviews with have also become strategic partners where we said, okay, um, you're, you know, you're doing, you know, positioning or copywriting, or you're doing this service while I'm doing this lead generation, the kind of sales side of it. 
So, you know, after you take someone through and you get all their marketing materials ready, you can toss them over to me and then I'll basically help them build out their sales and mark, um, sales strategy. So yeah, I would say, yeah, the partnerships would be like the third angle of it. And then even the fourth is, you know, the, the inbound leads that actually come through the listeners, the people that actually get the value out of the show as well. So those four angles give it almost like four different ways. I guess you can, this is generating leads or opportunities. So I noticed you had the gentleman, I think it was James Green from the B2B Growth Show on, on your show previously. And I was a guest on B2B Growth uh, a couple of months ago. And I know their approaches, or at least their services, to to interview your ideal client as a prospecting methodology. Is that kind of what you're doing with your podcast? Um, I've tried that um, some, but I've actually found better results uh, interviewing influencers. So, you know, the... I think that that, you know, what their angle of they're actually interviewing direct prospects, I've done some of that. Uh, but I've typically seen better results when I interviewed influencers who either were selling to my same market because then it was almost like you build this referral relationship and you can have that conversation on the phone. Um, so that's probably been more beneficial. I don't think any of the ones where they hired me were actually intentional. It just kind of happened. Uh, so I wasn't really reaching out to any of them with the intention that they would hire me, but just through the kind of relationship or anything like that, it, it did lead to customers. Yeah. And, I, and I've always struggled with that approach as well. I've, I've cons- I haven't done it, but I've, I've considered it for my clients. I think one of the challenges that I, that I can't really get over is if I'm going to interview a prospect, if they're a prospect, then by definition, they don't have everything kind of buttoned up and in order. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's, so, yeah yep. so what's the story then, right? <laughs> And, yeah. and how does that how does that add value to the audience and and how does that help me get my foot in the door with them? Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing that I've always yeah, the same struggle. It's like, well, if they don't have their stuff together, then they're probably not ready to hire me and um they're not ultimately who I want to interview and bring to my audience. It's because most of the people I interview, they're awesome, they're rocking it and they don't need my help. So those are the people that I want to bring on the show because that's who makes great content. So yeah, absolutely. So I want to jump in as kind of the last segment to the interview uh, around this idea of a productized service. That, that's a recurring theme that we've talked about on the show here quite a bit. You know, we've had Nick DeSabato on the show, uh, people like Kai Davis, um, and, you know, a lot, a lot of folks that have built out productized services and really leveled up their consulting practice through that. I want to hear more mm-hmm. about your approach to building out a productized service? How did you settle on a service? Um, how did you pick that 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 one one idea? And and what did the steps look like there? Yeah, you know, it, and, and so I'll say it's uh, at the time of this recording, it's still, um, you know, I'm still kind of figuring that out. I'm still kind of testing some various ideas and whatnot. So I don't really want to, I don't know if I want to dive too deep, but I just know that that's the path or direction I'm more or less wanting to go into. Um, literally, you know, some of the ideas are even just doing like a LinkedIn prospecting service, like we mentioned, or um, I have some other ones on basically kind of trying to pair leads with um, different uh, pairing leads with agencies and kind of getting overflow leads from bigger agencies who can't handle, you know, who don't take on the smaller work um, to even like I've had some ideas on like the speaker outreach or guest blogging outreach and stuff like that. So it's um, it's still early stage for me. You know, I basically I've just kind of recently come to that realization that I, you know, for me to grow, I'm, I'll, my, my consulting's great, it's steady, and it's going to keep going. But for the next stage of where I want to go is I want to build a productized service that can run without me so I can just build an epic sales team and grow the hell out of it. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it is it's still very early stage. But, you know, over time, we'll be kind of narrowing that down and 
committed to building something that's gonna it's gonna rock. So yeah. that's no, and, and the, the fact <laughs> that your early stage is, is perfect because actually what I really want to understand is how do you go about generating those ideas? It, are are they things that are kind of splintered off of the services you currently offer, or are you looking at the market and seeing what others are doing? How are you coming up with ideas to test? Yeah, so I think that um, for a lot of people that like try to go down this route and productize service, so I've tried this before and I failed. Um, and then I had to just be like, well, I got I to gotta stop getting distracted and just focus on my consulting. And as my consulting has gotten more and more steady to the point where I'm just at a point where I don't have to worry at all about being, you know, if revenue is coming in or whether we'll hit our sales goals, like – I think once you're there, it becomes a much better, safer spot to start trying stuff like this. Um, but in terms of generating the actual ideas for it, what I've been looking at is, again, um, what are the struggles that I'm seeing as I'm implementing tactics for my clients? Or what are the common things that I keep saying, like, you need to, if you did this, you would probably generate more clients, but then they don't go do. Uh, <laughs> mm. You know, what are, what are those things that... Um, I know will produce results for a good the, the right number of people or the certain types of prospects that I deal with um, and how can I kind of create a system around that and so that's kind of really yeah I guess what I've been looking at is you know how can I serve my existing market in a way with a new service that's going to be systematized and productized and that I'm confident in most cases is gonna it's gonna deliver results um, and then the scary part of that though is that I'm I'm becoming one of those people that has a tactic <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, I am committed to like only doing like money back guarantees and only selling to people that it actually works for. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> kind, of, kind of walking that thin line. So you mentioned that you deliberately decided recently to not build, I think what you call a thought leadership brand, um, and instead go this productized service route. Tell me more about why you made that decision. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess in ways I'm, I'm still, I guess, would be a considered a thought leader. Um, I know I still put out tons of content and I blog and I've been podcasting. So I guess I'm still a thought leader. But I guess what I was getting at is that the, there's the ways a lot of people grow in consulting is, you know, there's the, the a lot of people will basically build up. Uh, their client base, they get higher paying like that, that I'm consistently doing, but then they'll start building off, you know, group courses or they'll start building off products or, you know, uh, ebooks and stuff like that to kind of sell. And for me, it was just more or less like I, I started a book and I've, I've done one book in the past, launched it and did decent with it. But as I started the second book, I was just like, I don't think this is really me. And I don't find myself motivated or driven to share all this content or to put all the work into getting that out there when I think that I'm better suited to just to build a business and build sales. Like I'm just not, you know, when you go to the thought leadership, you're also becoming like a B2C marketer in a way um, because you're, you know, putting us out to a giant audience. And for me, I've just, I've never felt great about that. Even with my email list, I'm not great at it. You know, I just, it's just never been right. I'm better when I'm on the phone, engaged, talking one-on-one -on -one with someone. And so it's kind of all those things of realizing that, you know, my motivations, I wasn't motivated to put all this content out there. Um, I wasn't really, it wasn't really ultimately what I think my strengths were. And I just kept finding myself coming back or coming up with some other business idea and being like, oh, that's, that'd be really cool. We could do that. And I would always, I was always more interested in that than sitting down and actually writing the book. <laughs> so uh, over time, just kind of that self-awareness 
thinking through that, eventually came to that realization of this as the direction that I I want to go, and so I want to start pursuing this as opposed to this, you know, building up the the info products or the the anything along those lines. Well, here's the thing that people forget in business, right? There's there's no one way, there's no one model, there's no right answer. You've got to do what makes sense for you. And I know you've gone through a few different iterations of your business and the business model over the years. And I'm sure that's a product of heightened levels of self-awareness combined with experience kind of point you in the right direction. How many people go through life and business without that self-awareness and then back into business models that really aren't suited for them only to regret it, you know, years and years later? Yeah, that's how you end up in a healthcare startup uh, when you have absolutely no technology <laughs> experience. So, yeah, uh, being aware of that, you know, if you if you're not consistently asking the questions, is this like the right fit for me? Am I going the right direction? Um, and trying to be aware, then you end up just going down some path because you see other people doing it, um, and not really. Ultimately, it's not really the right fit for you. Oh, and we're going to get into that in my interview on your show coming out. <laughs> I'm excited. Jake, this has been a blast. It's been a real pleasure speaking with you. I love your story. I love the journey and I'm excited to see how things unfold for you in the future. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me on here. Listen, how can folks look you up if they want to find you? Uh, yeah. So best place is um, my main site, which is jake-jorgovin.com. Uh, that's where I basically do all of my blogging, my podcasting content, everything there. And then also at outboundcreative.com. Uh, is where kind of my main consultancy and actual services or if someone wants to hire me for, you know, feedback or just build their sales team or anything along those lines. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Hey, it's Ahmed here again. Before I let you go, there are two things I want you to do. The first is if you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play by visiting forecast.fm and clicking on the relevant link. While you're at it, please do leave us a rating or a review because it helps more people discover the show. The second thing is I want you to grab my free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms. Inside the course, you will get a step-by-step -step framework to help you generate a flood of new business for your firm. The course is 100% free of charge and you can get immediate access at 5leadgen.com and you can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's 5leadgen.com. Thanks for listening.